and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. Hey, it's the Brad and Brit cast. First one for this week. We're live in the 11 a.m. hour on Monday for uh, undisclosable reasons. How about that? That's we'll true. keep it to ourselves. Uh, the reason for that needs to be kept under wraps just as much as Ron DeSantis' travel itinerary. You don't need to know, and you have no right to know. And we'll let you know if you need to know. Yeah. Back to our regular time on Tuesday yeah. at one thirty. Did you, did you hear about that? Did you hear that? What the, that that I, thing? That the, I heard that something about. about I don't that? know. I don't know. I'm getting Appala- Appalachian Trail vibes from that whole situation. Oh, oh, oh. oh, okay. All right. We'll uh, we'll leave it at that. Here's my list, and I got one. I'm I'm fresh and prepared today. Ready? Ready. Uh, North Wilkesboro rocks. Oh boy. Chocolate milk sucks. I'd walk away like a movie star who gets burned in a three-way script. AM radio gets cancel cultured. And North Carolina now one veto override away from becoming Texas or Florida or Mississippi. Uh do the AM radio conundrum because the hand ringing over this has really increased over the past uh I don't know, several days. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Fisher, who's been writing about media for the Washington Post since yeah, since I, I, I was in grade school, okay, w- which means yeah, 60, 60 years almost. I mean, that guy just writes it. No, he knows his stuff. And uh, he did kind of an update piece over the uh, weekend in the Washington Post, BMW, VW, Mazda, Tesla are yanking AM radios out of new electric vehicles that they're going to be selling in the future. And their reason that they give is that the electric engines can interfere with the sound of AM stations, which, by the way, already sounds really shitty, even under the best <laughs> of circumstances. Correct. This is true. This is true. Uh, and if you've noticed... If you've been driving for a while, you know that 20, 25, 30, 40 years ago, AM radio sounded a lot better in your car. It just did. The radios were better. They were engineered and dedicated to picking up the signal more efficiently. And radio stations themselves invested in all kinds of uh, gizmos and tricks to make themselves sound better and there was less interference in the atmosphere in general to get in the way of the signals well those days are long gone there's all kinds of dreck up in the atmosphere i don't know how else to put it Um, you know electronic pollution that helps degrade the signal plus um in the last 20 or 25 years i've heard some other technologies have come along that people like to listen to more that started with uh this thing called fm yeah. That really took off in the 1960s and then. You know, the FM 70s. was an afterthought. It really wasn't that popular for the longest time. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, yeah. In the 1940s, nobody cared about it. It's true. It's just, but all right. So, so all, for all those reasons, for all those reasons, uh, for the same reason that uh, you don't have a cassette deck in your car anymore. Yeah. And uh, if you've bought a new car in the last oh um, ten years, you don't have a CD player 
anymore. Correct. But AM radio thought that they were going to outlast all of those kinds of changes because they've been around for 100 years since the beginning of automobiles, and they thought, we'll, we'll be there for another 100 because we provide emergency information that you can get nowhere else. Please stop with that. It's not true. They're it's saying bullshit. it in all the articles, people that I you know. know. I think Michael Harrison is using that as an argument in some of those articles, Brad. Britt, and I, I'm sure and you and, and you, Britt, I get emergency notifications now on my phone. I, I mean, I, in fact, yeah. I, do you get the, the kind that override everything and blast a sound at you just like yep. when you're watching TV? Yep. I mean, they've already got that down. And by the way, it's a lot better than the way radio has ever done emergency right. information. It, 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 it just is. So that, that reasoning is, is kind of long gone. And uh, all you have to do is read any comment section about this subject. And all it is, is I guess it's my generation. The, uh, now the, the, uh, later baby boomers and beyond, well, you know, I used to sit with an AM radio under my pillow and I'd listen to WLS in, in Chicago at night. And it was so it's over. It's, it's done. done. It's done. It, it, that, no, it, it's that's just it's, you know, and you're not going to go to the Bijou Theater and pay five cents to see Buster Keaton and Lionel Barrymore. It, it's over. It's done. AM radio is dead. <laughs> I wish I was, I was dead. dead. Buster it's, Keaton is dead. No, I, yeah. uh, I also, if you'd like to be the conspiracy theorist on this, I mean, if you really, oh, I guess, here we go, go. Don't you, know, you dare. Don't you dare do this. The Do reason <laughs> that Joe Biden is trying to push people toward electric cars is to get rid of AM radio to quell the voices of protest, Brad. If you'd like to get into the real conspiracy theory weeds of this, and by, don't even mention that AM radio in and of itself pretty much obsoleted itself with its programming many years ago. Any AM stations that were just AM stations that had programming worth a shit what? have already migrated over to the FM band. It's happened what, what, what? all over America. Oh, oh, wait a second. The most tedious, tired phrase that you and I have heard for the last 35 years, and people know this one well, Rush Limbaugh saved AM radio. Right. Right? Right. Okay. So let's, let's dig into that. Uh, Rush gets syndicated nationally in 1987, and it is true that, that by then... Um, Music stations, the, the, the giant top four, they, they were all gone yeah. by then. AM radio was dead. on its it, ass. They, AM it was radio was on, it was, was on, ass at 87. It was on, so so uh, Limbaugh comes along, and his show is very, very popular, and stations build their entire aura, their entire image, everything about themselves around him. And you get the imitators, and before you know it, you have 24 hours a day of a Republican Party commercial mm -hmm. in your market. Just depends on, on which station it is. And that works financially, mostly for Rush, okay? <laughs> um, but it, uh, it allows these stations to, to uh, limp along and uh, pretend the technology is not outracing whatever garbage they're they're spewing and time eventually catches up to everything and 
and Rush is dead, and uh, there's no one to replace him. But that's not the reason that you know Tesla and Mazda and VW and BMW soon to be followed, I'm sure, by others, including Ford. Which that's the big that's the one that's really got Middle America and Republicans. Can you explain sure that, that this to is me? Some kind of a plot. Can you explain that to me? Because how how did sure. Ford how did the Ford Motor Company become ex- like? Uh, associate with with woke. <laughs> woke. how did they become associated historically with republicanism and god america apple pie and guys shooting stuff out of the back of their truck how did well, how did that happen when did that happen it, um uh, this is just my theory yeah. since henry ford henry ford was america's original original anti-semitic nazi loving piece of shit rich guy in the 1920s and 30s and really helped fund a lot of the anti-Semitism. Remember, wh- where was Father Coughlin from? Michigan. Was, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a, that's a coincidence, I'm sure. It's just no, a coincidence. It's just a coincidence, all it is. Right, right. Um, and, uh, of course, that's then. This is now. If you buy a Ford, it doesn't mean you hate Jews. I'm not saying that it does. But <laughs> stuff, stuff kind of sticks in this bizarre weird way and the uh the ford family and the success they're not anti-semitic at all and uh william ford and uh the the ceos of that company that i've seen for for 25 they're they're really smart good car guys and they don't have a, a political agenda like that um and since the ford f-150 has been the, se- the best-selling vehicle of all of all cars, it's, it's number one, right? For, for right. Like forty years, more F one fifties. Well, that's a truck. <laughs> What's a truck? That's a that's a something that I drive with my shotgun, <laughs> and I'm a I'm a conservative because I drive a Ford F one fifty to do my work and all those. It's just matched up with that ideology. Rightly or wrongly. And again, is every Ford 150 bought by a card-carrying Republican? No, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's weird It's uh, weird to me because let's look at NASCAR. I almost cannot think of a signature Ford driver, but I can think of a signature Chevy driver, and his name is Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt was a you know beer-drinking, pussy-loving, shotgun-shooting American with red blood growing right through his veins. And to me, that's what dominates the day. And that's what, if, if anybody was here, and then they saw, well, here's this son of a bitch who just drives a car and runs people off the road. I'm going to start buying the products that, that he is driving. He's got a fucking well, dealership. I, I don't, GM, GM is not saying what they're going to do. And uh, Toyota and Honda say they're not yanking AM radios out of the the dashboard as a as an option um, Just do this do this as an experiment in your town wherever you live dear listener try to find someone under 50 that's listened to am radio just try ever. to <laughs> just try to find someone I, I mean i swear to god even like in places like texas where high school football rules and it's like they've got those those uh those fucking programs are on fm radio it's not. It's just the well, dumbest that, shit. That's the other. Th- that's the other thing. And and you, you've read this. I've read this. And, and you know this. It's true that you can. It's really true. You can listen to 
any radio station anywhere in the country, actually around the world, and on your phone, this thing right here. on your device for yeah. free. Yeah. And you could listen to it in your car at the same time. How does that and the argument is the argument is that, that older people cannot figure this out. They it's can't a- spend all the time that it takes to run their phones through uh, Apple CarPlay or whatever the, the Android version of that is. Uh, they, they can't do it. So you can't expect right. um, uh, AM uh, radio, even though it's mostly rebroadcast on an FM signal or exactly. always available. On, you cannot expect. The technology is just too, it's too difficult. Hard. Which, uh, okay, let's just not get into... I thought my generation, that we weren't the old people, that we were the ones that grew up with... All right, but I guess once you hit a certain age, you just can't do anything. Forget it. Okay? You're done. Right. Um, and just forget the a, idea that this, Granny, this, Granny doesn't understand that she doesn't have to listen to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton at noon. She can listen yeah. to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton at 6 o'clock at night. Oh, but, but she could listen to it at noon if Granny still was allowed to have her driver's license driving around. I mean, it's just, yeah, but this is, here's what I get out of it. This is really bad news for Tucker Carlson, because if you take this argument, there's no possible way that, that his core audience, which is made up of, that's right. Those people that just, that, those computer, those fancy, I can't have one. I give it right. Um, they're not going to uh, seek him out on Twitter, which even if they did, it's not going to matter because people still look at Twitter so they can scroll and look at shit for That's 30 it. seconds and That's move right. on just like TikTok or anything else. Um, so the, the answer is it's, it's going to happen. Uh, it needs to happen. It should happen. It could happen tomorrow. And yes, well, I'm sorry for Mr. The guy at WTAW in fucking Aggieland Springs, Texas or whatever, who's been operating there since God, you know, God was a small child. I feel so sorry for him and that local community. That's not going to get to find out who grew the biggest pumpkin this year. Oh my God. I mean, it's the saddest thing ever, but the, the, these articles are just the most histrionic thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't remember which station it was. This might have been 40 years ago. It was such a great line. This was when there was largely AM and FM parody as FM started to really move in there. But the AM station still had there. And the great line that an FM station would use, we don't fade under bridges. It's great. I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was so, it doesn't really mean it, but it's true. And everybody knows exactly what they were they were saying, and that's not the reason that the FM is better than AM. We know that, and it no. is largely about the the uh, programming. It's not the way the the signal is delivered, but it does become that way at a at a certain level. And by the way, what's the real reason that something called cable TV was originally developed? It was originally developed so that people could get a better signal right. from television stations in their area because back when we all had antennas and things of that sort, the uh, UHF stations, the stations above 13, you younger people look that up, uh, 
you definitely had problems getting those because you had to put this thing that looked like a coat hanger on the back of your TV to pick up those stations. They had a natural disadvantage. So channel 45 or, or, or 61. Uh, so that helped equalize that. So shit changes. It just, it just does. And, um, you know, you're not going to stop it, but it's, it's kind of fun to watch, watch everybody wallow in their own nostalgia on this, you know, and, you know, you and I have both worked at, uh, at AM stations, good yeah. ones and bad ones. And it yeah. had nothing to do with whether it was on AM or FM. It's just, that's the way the signal got out there. So, all right. Anything you got, else you got two people here that have worked in the in the business, and we've both dealt with the bitterness from our exit and whatnot. And we worked at AM station, and we're like, "Fucking end it yesterday! <laughs> Get rid of that shit, yank it out of the dash, and use the bandwidth for something else, anything." Well, else. You know, in, in, in a lot of uh, major markets, in particular, if there is a a uh, quality AM signal, and I use the word quality in quotes, that's uh, been around for a hundred years. It very well still may garner some some decent ratings and revenue. Case in our lives is WBT in Charlotte. They still they still make money, and the signal is still heard all over the uh, the city. But they boxed themselves in years ago because all over the country, equivalent stations were buying full market FM stations to a simulcast on so if you go to new york now you don't have to listen to 1010 wins only on 1010 which is a shitty am mm-hmm. signal in new york you, you don't it's on an fm signal now and uh same with with uh, news radio 88 they they but wbt in charlotte they bought this shitty signal in chester south carolina yeah that does not cover the charlotte market it just doesn't. It's not equivalent. So they're boxed in at WBT unless they want to blow up uh, um, whatever else they, they own there and, and throw it on there. So they, they've been going with this for a long time. We'll see. They'll probably limp along a lot longer because, you know, in Charlotte, we liked the way things were done in 1932 with we Grady Cole was the uh, morning guy. We just love it. It just depends. We just love it. We grew up with it. It's a tradition. These people are all dead. Why Why are we talking as if people who are 55 have just, some memory of the 30s and 40s in Charlotte? I just have all of these. I have all of these PTSD flashbacks from when Clark Howard left uh, WPTF in Raleigh and came on our station. And we're talking to the guy over at DPAC, and he just can't figure out a way to listen to our station. He just yeah. can't listen to Clark Howard because his radio has been on PTF since, again, Jesus was the smallest of, of children. Right. And he just, he, it just can't happen. No. All right. Uh, chocolate milk sucks. All right. Go for it. <laughs> you can't believe this one. Uh, this one, this one jumped out at me today. And let's see if we can grab this one here. Where did it go? Son of a bitch. Hold on. Couldn't tell you the last time I had chocolate milk, by the way. Many, many years. Well, I will start to ad-lib this, and uh, uh, and then I'll find it. I don't know how the damn thing disappeared. But uh, the, the new thing is uh, the Biden administration, the people who want to take away uh, gas stoves and uh, other things that, that you love, 
now want to ban chocolate milk <laughs> from school cafeterias. There you go. It's the Department of Agriculture founded. Uh, concerned about the amount of added sugar that children are consuming. Uh, they're considering a ban on flavored milk, including not just chocolate, but strawberry and other varieties in middle school and elementary school. I don't even think that that crazy Michelle Obama went this far. Do you, Britt? Uh, remember the, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days under Reagan when ketchup was going to be a vegetable? Uh, those were the good old days. Well, it turned out that it was. He was right about that. <laughs> um, and, you know, from a public health perspective, obviously, this kind of makes sense. The, the uh, theory is that if kids get too used to just drinking chocolate milk, they'll think that's the only way that uh, you can drink milk and they won't switch over to regular milk because that's just boring and that's not good enough. And uh, that's not even to take into consideration how many people are anti cow's milk aside from this. Okay. Um, but aside from the, the uh, science on this, and by the way, I drank chocolate milk when I was a kid, but it didn't ever prevent me from, from and nothing happened milk. to me. I, nothing. Would, so I'm fine. So everybody should drink. Right. Uh, but I can really see Ron DeSantis jumping onto this. Florida, a yeah. chocolate milk state for your kid if you want it. No woke milk policies in Florida. Come here. Your kids want 2%. You want skim milk. You want whole milk. You want chocolate milk. You want any kind of we got it here in Florida, Florida, the land of milk freedom. You know, yeah, I can, I can see this one coming, can't well, you? This, that motherfucker will put up like a chocolate milk fountain in all the schools, right? Like they have like with the cheese fountain or whatever at uh, at Golden Corral. Uh, wow, that's trouble. That's trouble because next thing you know, there's going to be a drag show and they're going to be spraying chocolate milk at each other and licking it off one another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wait a minute that didn't turn me on all right we have to leave a little early today oh yeah I, he's definitely going to be the guy it's going to be nothing but chocolate milk in, in florida nothing plain milk two percent skim fuck that we cannot even have it in florida schools florida public schools will have chocolate milk and you'll like it double the fat the, double the sugar the, the dairy industry is trying to ensure that flavored milk remains widely available in schools. Of course, there's a big lobby for this, the dairy lobby. They got milk people, right? Yeah. So they say they're committed to keeping the sugar as low as possible in their milk. And their argument is, okay, so there's a little extra sugar in there. But if that gets kids at all to drink milk, then that overrides any of yeah. the the uh, negativity associated with what you think is too much added sugar. But Britt, that's not the issue. It's about freedom. It's <laughs> about freedom. I also think that okay. there's been some evolution in the idea that the only way to get a calcium into a chilled child's body using 1950s, 1960s, 1970s thinking is to have them drink milk. I mean, there's other ways to do it. It's not, well, Brit, not see, this is where that. you're wrong. The food pyramid as developed right after <laughs> yes. World War II, yes. it was perfect then. It was not the result of lobbying by. <laughs> no, no. It was perfect then. It's perfect now. Let's make America eat again the way we did in the <laughs> 1940s when 
I mean, I'm when sure Wally, these guys are. Wally and Beaver drank milk, and you should too. Right? I'm sure that some these guys are figuring out ways to put, you know, they, no sugar versions of uh, chocolate milk, and then we can have the debate over uh, whether artificial sweeteners are going to have your make your kid grow a third leg or something. I, that I don't know. is that is the most predictable thing, of course, ever. And then it'll be well, aren't artificial sugars worse for children than even adults? For which we're not quite sure that they're okay. For yes, I can see that every. Yeah, that's why I think this is this has got culture war written all over it. It's some just the, a question of it getting. You know, some of these things that we go through in terms of this stuff, and I'm not I'm not necessarily equating this to that, but in the 60s and 70s there was this war on butter. Oh, you got you got to stop eating butter. You got to eat margarine. Right, that was like a big deal. Yeah. And then of course those uh those partially hydrogenated fats that were in margarine that ended up killing a lot of people. They would have been better off. They would have stuck with a, a reasonable amount of butter in their diet. Uh, the war on MSG back in the seventies was another big one. You know, MSG is terrible. You got to stay away. And for a few people, yes, who have a negative reaction to it for the most part, it's really not anything that's detrimental to your health per se for, for most Americans. Madison square garden, MSG. There you go, Madison Square Garden, where the Knicks will not be playing any more basketball. It's until work. October. That's right. They've been losers, you know, for fifty <laughs> years now. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about North Carolina? Now one veto override from becoming Texas or Florida or Mississippi uh, on Saturday, where we are in uh, Greensboro. There was a rally downtown. Folks holding up signs in favor of abortion rights. I love this message that was written on one of them. I dream that women will someday have the same rights as guns. <laughs> uh, I'm 74 years old and I fought this battle over 50 years ago. A woman named Carol Bunker is quoted as saying as she stepped up to the bullhorn. Here we are again. So this, uh, New abortion restriction bill has been passed by the North Carolina House and Senate. It is opposed by the North Carolina Medical Society, the North Carolina Obstetrical and Gynecological Society, the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians. And, of course, my question to them, what the fuck do they know about exactly. abortion? What these, do they know about women's health? They know nothing. Nothing. These Highly skilled legislators sat in a room and they decided 12 weeks was perfect. That is the perfect, no more. And they, they did it with facts, knowledge, and science. And you guys shut up. Well, it isn't just the 12 week thing, because that's kind of a cover for what cover. they're really doing. Because um, uh, 12 weeks, oh, that's reasonable. At least that's not like the six week. And down in Florida and other, other that's yeah. that's pretty reasonable. That's three months. You know, you have that's just bullshit. They've set up all these other little booby traps along the way. Like you have to make three different appointments. You gotta show up 72 hours apart, blah blah blah. All these things. It's a game that they're playing. And uh those three groups that I just named, those are real groups of real doctors they're not set up phony groups like you have very often where there'll be a like sounding name of physicians that will be funded by uh, the cato institute 
the Koch brothers and others to make it sound as if they're reasonable, but they're really right-wing pressure groups with uh, a couple of doctors or, or sometimes it's with lawyers. These are the real people who do the real work in this state. Um, it's really, really bad. So here we are. Uh, Roy Cooper, the uh, governor of North Carolina, has named four different legislators who are Republicans, any of whom, if they would vote as they said they would when they were candidates for office just a few months ago, they would vote to uphold Governor Roy Cooper's veto, and the legislation would die. It would die. There's no evidence so far that any of the four are stepping forward to uh, do the right thing. They're locked in to their party idea, including the uh, lady who changed her party affiliation a month ago after running as a liberal Democrat in the Charlotte area. And now she's a Republican. She's seen the light. She's seen the light. And she's seen the light mostly because apparently uh, some other Democrats in the legislature were mean to her. They didn't give her a good parking space, so she became a Republican overnight. That's right. Oh, boy. So we'll see. Uh, we, we, I, I, don't, I don't know when that, that override vote is going to be held. It'll probably be held at 2 in the morning. By the way, uh, most of this legislation was was uh, right. a jam through late at night. That's right. And it's another one of those uh, nobody had any time to read it kind of things. Just shut up and, and, and go for it, which is always a clue that they know that they're being disingenuous and that they're not using real facts to craft whatever it is they're crafting to shove down the throats of the majority of folks in North Carolina who do not want this because that's the way it works in a minority-led autocracy. The minority tells the majority what they're going to do, and if you don't like it, fuck you. I believe that is their governing philosophy. So, I don't know. We will see. Now, uh, with, with that being said, while we were talking about uh, Governor Roy Cooper, you know, this weekend, Britt, I know you're excited. It's the 2023 NASCAR All-Star Race. And where is that race being held, Britt? Where is it being held? One of NASCAR's iconic short tracks, Brad, North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. That's right. Eight o'clock on, is that uh, Saturday? Oh, I guess it must be Saturday. I sure, think it's right? Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You want to know the a secret? <laughs> what? It's it's going to be a shit show with the parking and everything. They're telling everybody oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be nightmarish. Uh, uh, well, you know what then, Brit? I'm just going to watch it on TV like <laughs> I watch all my races. You should. <laughs> all right. So do you recall who the president was the last time there was a race, a real race, at North Wilkesboro? Who was the I president? believe that would be Ronald Wilson Reagan. No, it was Bill Clinton. Ah, a little bit later. Okay. It was Bill Clinton. Uh, the number one song that week, I believe this would be 1996 or okay. so, it was the Macarena. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. What a fucking terrible time that was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 20, 27 years, 200 laps. And Britt, you're going to see a lot of signs there that say, thank you, Governor Cooper. Sure. They're going to be holding up a lot of signs. And, of course, uh, as I, I read all, all about this in several different publications, including the uh, Daytona Beach News Journal, right? Uh, is Daytona 
still the the uh, world capital of racing world capital of racing sure yep uh they don't they don't mention anything about this and actually neither does the the uh, news and record piece about this our local paper it doesn't mention that the american recovery plan allotted the funds that were then sent their way by roy cooper right Right. it doesn't mention 18 million dollars of uh, covid relief money yeah was on the direction of uh, Governor Cooper, I think he wanted thirty million, so and he got eighteen. That was enough. Yep. Uh, to to uh, get this done, and this to me again, this brings up one of these real difficult quandaries for right wing Republican NASCAR loving, gun toting, Confederate flag waving rednecks who love racing because they hate the government and they hate the government spending their tax money except if it's to cut taxes for rich people which will trickle down to the average person if you just give it some time every single time Um, but when a uh, democrat does something like this which really should endear that governor to those people for this particular reason you hear nothing you hear nothing so he just did the right thing, Governor Cooper, and I don't think he's running around campaigning looking for credit. That's not what Democrats do. They suck at that. If a Republican governor, if Pat McCrory had been smart enough oh, Jesus. to uh, direct tax money, he would rebuild- have insisted it'd be required. He would have. Uh, they would have renamed the track the Pat McCrory Speedway. Yes. 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 Now, the, and they don't uh, mention any of these articles that the Republicans, not one single one of them voted for this recovery money. Like not one single one, not any Republican. Right. Voted this for is the this ultimate. Uh, we vote against something because we're ideologically against the spending. But then when it does pass, we take full credit for it. This is the oh, this is the most ridiculous example. You can't of find that locally one. that I can think of for a while. You can't find a Republican that voted for this. I don't care if it's South Dakota. I don't care if it's Florida, Minnesota, Texas, anywhere. No Republican anywhere voted for this money to be allocated for this relief. Not one single one. But they're going to act like this is the greatest. And and reopening the track is a great thing. Again, kind of feel like it's going to be a shit show and you're going to hear people bitch about parking from here until, I don't know, Christmas. But that's fine. And it'll probably be a good show on television. It'll be a lot of fun. If you're into that sort of thing, this is the sort of thing you like. Yeah. There's lots of stuff with where the parking stinks happens all the time. It's it's a very tiny. I don't know if you've ever been by there. It was you used to be able to when you were going up four twenty one up to Boone. It's you could see it right off of there, and it's I mean just right off of four twenty one. It's a very small area. There's not a lot of room for parking or any of that stuff, but they're going to rock and roll with it, and it'll probably like I say, it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. But by God, let's not make sure that we we don't want to mention Joe Biden or Roy Cooper's name not don't a single do time. It. Do <laughs> not do that all right i'd walk away like a movie star who gets burned in a three-way script you know what the lyrics those are don't you you know that song right that's uh, if you could read by mind by uh, gordon yes, lightfoot yeah. the late gordon lightfoot the three-way script is trump desantis and bob Iger. all right it's a three-way script here okay. it doesn't really come off that way but this is my interpretation um piece in the washington post desantis may have met his match in disney's Iger as both sides dig in and uh it's interesting in this three-way script or scrape trump is the uh, outsider who of course will take whatever side he needs to at any given moment to enhance 
himself and trash who he is perceiving as his number one enemy. And right now, for Donald Trump, it's not Bob Iger, it's not Disney, it's DeSantis. So you see where where uh, he leans and where he takes his cheap shots today. But the, this piece does a great job of of outlining exactly how this all came about. This whole thing with the uh, Don't Say Gay bill and Disney objecting to it. And it's Bob Iger that really lit the fire here. He wasn't even the CEO at the time. Uh, but as this legislation was passing uh, early last year, 2022, February, he's the one that sent out the original tweet. Um, he's the one that uh, put it out there. February 24th, 2022. This is Bob Iger, not the CEO at the time. He had just retired a few months before, uh, but he was still, you know, he's, he was still like, I don't know, chairman of the something. But he was still a thing, but, but not really running the place day to day. He puts this out. If passed, this bill will put vulnerable young LGBTQ people in jeopardy. And that got the attention of the uh, folks, not just in the Florida government and DeSantis, but the other folks at Disney caught them all by surprise. And the motion started right there. Boom, 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 boom. And DeSantis somehow decided this was this is the horse he was going to ride. And uh, he found a guy who who didn't have um, a real grip on public relations or didn't know how to play it in the then CEO, not Bob Iger, but Iger's chosen successor, uh, Robert Chapek. And Chapek just could not get it done. He's like a guy who uh, became the head coach of a, a pretty damn good team and just didn't know how to coach him. He just didn't have all the skills. And before you know it, you know, DeSantis is, is getting the Florida legislature to pass all these anti-Disney specific pieces of legislation. And I love the one. They just passed another one last week, which is that they're after how long has Disney world been over like 52 50 years, years or something, yeah. you know, that, that monorail has been there forever. Forever. Yeah. That's been ever. That's one of those things that you think of when you think of Disney world. Sure. After all this time, the Florida legislature has now decided they needed to pass legislation to, uh, have inspections of that monorail because Disney governed themselves. They inspected to themselves for safety. Funny. I've never heard about anybody getting killed on the Disney monorail, but now some government regulation is necessary. So this is the kind of crap that, that uh, uh, Ch uh, uh, DeSantis is doing. And it's really not very popular kind of with anybody. Right. Even Republicans, even Republicans in Florida, most of them, and just like with Trump, they're afraid to speak out against Ron DeSantis. A few are, but very few. But they're saying, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time on this? This is the most popular, iconic brand name, if not in the world, but certainly in America, one of them. And what are you going to win out of this? What are you going to win? And the answer is a whole lot of nothing. So uh, DeSantis, who already is too chicken shit to name Trump, he has no trouble naming Disney. Okay. <laughs> Notice that? He'll say <laughs> Disney a lot, but he will not say the name 
Trump. It's like in uh, Harry Potter, he who shall not be named. <laughs> but what do you mean? What are you doing? We, we know who you're talking. Do you think if you say the name Trump when you're criticizing him, even though you're not an official candidate, that, that Trump is going to pick on you more? That he's going to come up with more new nicknames? You know what this reminds me of? The first, how many years was it? It was about a year, year and a half into Trump's presidency when the New York Times finally broke the falsehood versus lie yeah. conundrum. Right. Was, Donald Trump tells falsehoods. This is a falsehood. This is a falsehood. And the Times, the leading newspaper probably in the world, said, oh, that's it. Gloves off. These are lies. And then suddenly, every okay, it's all right. We, they're lies. Donald Trump's a liar. And we know how wrong that was. <laughs> he, it turns out he doesn't lie, does he? He just no. tells falsehood. Right, thirty thousand falsehoods counted during his <laughs> during his uh, uh, term. Hey, so one, that that I mean, he he continues to get his ass kicked time and time again by Disney. I mean, that's the thing is you keep just running into that wall every well, single time. It, it's just that um, uh, Bob Iger is smarter than him. Yeah, Bob Iger has had to put up with with more shit than Ron DeSantis ever has being the CEO of uh, a large company for uh, a long time. And uh, I was not aware of this, but um, a couple years ago in Georgia, there was some uh, anti-LGBTQ legislation that was uh, coming through there. And very quietly, Iger said to, I don't know whether it was the governor, Kemp, or the head of the uh, Georgia legislature, if you push this shit through, we're not going to make movies in Georgia anymore. It's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. And you know what? It worked. Yeah. And the legislation went away, and they make movies in Georgia. And Georgia's still kind of a redneck reactionary state. Don't worry. They still got that working for them. Oh, yes. Specific. This specific target. uh, Bob Iger was already used to uh, having to deal with in a big, large southern state. So he knows what he's doing. In this case, he couldn't work behind the scenes because DeSantis somehow thinks this is this is a a ticket to the Republican nomination. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, and and uh, the, Trump couldn't have gotten luckier than to have DeSantis occupying even one moment of his time doing this. The, he he just couldn't get any luckier, could he? It's, no, it's he's very lucky. Hey, let me uh, finish off with one little dessert. As fans of the Phil Hendry show, as you and I are, yeah. uh, one of the funniest moments we've ever heard was when I think it was General Galen Shaw was. Yeah arguing with one of the other characters, and he said, I have an argument that could slay you right now. I could put you in the dust, but I have a tickle in my throat. Tickle it. Oh, I can't get it out. I can't get it out. Yeah, I love well, that. Jim Comer, the representative from Kentucky, the fighting first district of the great Commonwealth of Kentucky, Brad, he could destroy Hunter Biden. He could bring the Biden family yes. to its knees right now, but Over. he just can't find his witness. This was the story over the weekend. He literally says they cannot find their big whistleblower star, world-shattering witness, Brad. Well, I, first of all, uh, naturally, that's pathetic. But <laughs> jo- George Santos is available. 
He's he's not doing a lot in Congress right now. He's he's got plenty of time, so he could be a maybe. He's the world's greatest whistleblower. We don't know about that either. Maybe you know, the, yeah. didn't that Santos thing work fairly quickly? Like, well, there's before we really even knew there was kind of an investigation. The next thing we know, oh, he's in court and he's facing charges and he's pleading not guilty. It just all went bam, 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 boy, because they had the shit on him. I'm thinking fairly easily. I'm thinking it wasn't difficult to track down enough evidence to make it to go to a judge and say, uh, we think this guy did this shit. And the judge goes, yeah, that's enough evidence. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're working it. They're working it, but they're, they're getting beaten up. Republicans like Comer are getting beaten up by people like Maria Bartiromo. Well, and when that happens, when you're getting beaten up by your own syncophanic network, regardless of the Tucker Carlson situation, that believe me, they're they're still in the tank for Republicans. There, they didn't lose that at all. Uh, but even people like her are mystified as to how these Republican House members think they've got it. Andy, I got the silver bullet. I got it. Hang on here. Damn it. I can't find it, Andy. Damn it. I can't find it. <laughs> it's not here.